0: All right, uh, join me in a brief word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for what you've, what you've done uh, already uh, in this service, Lord. And I just pray for your uh, continued blessing. Holy Spirit, continue to move uh, in all of us uh, according to God's will and continue to lead us in the way of truth and speak to us concerning God's word today. Uh, I just trust that there's good soil that will receive God's truth in a way that will bear, bring and bear much fruit in Jesus name. Amen. Uh we're starting. I'll have you all turn to Matthew 13 verse 20 is where we'll start today and uh we're still on the parables of Jesus. We're starting the uh kingdom parables is what I'm going to call them. The kingdom parables You know, it's interesting here. When Jesus taught in public, I alluded to this last week, uh, his primary method of teaching was through parables. And so he would take uh, natural or worldly examples or analogies in a way and use them to explain spiritual truths. And it was a brilliant strategy, really, if you think about it because Jesus knew that among the people who genuinely believed in him and followed him was another group of people who didn't believe in him and wanted to ruin his ministry. That second group, made up mostly of the Pharisees and Sadducees, had hard hearts toward Jesus. They showed up when Jesus taught not to learn from him, but to condemn and judge him. Imagine how disruptive Jesus' enemies could have been if Jesus had taught in a more conventional manner. They would have made every point of the law and they would have made everything a debate and an argument and the people who were genuinely there to hear and to learn, they would have got lost in the sauce. All right? And it would have not been a good teaching environment. So, it was pure genius for Jesus to teach kingdom truth in a way that would bring light to believers while simultaneously keeping his enemies in the dark. It neutralized their ability to disrupt the work of God. He started off uh, talking about the parable of the seed and the sower in this chapter. The seed were the word of God being planted the soil represented our hearts and our ability to receive the word in a way that would produce fruit depended on the heart with which we received it right and that brings us to verse 20 where he flips the script a little bit here uh verse i'm sorry not verse 20 verse 24 starting at 24th verse we're covering the parable of the weed and uh, of the wheat and the tares And Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared the owner's servants came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. All right? And so, before we go further in this, I want to give us a little bit of background about what the Jews' expectations were with the, when the Messiah arrived, what they expected from him. Okay? Jesus is the Messiah. He comes preaching the kingdom of heaven. The Jews' expectation was that when the Messiah came, he would overthrow the secular Roman government like he did to Pharaoh in Egypt. And that he would set them free from the suffering and oppression they were experiencing under that government. They expected the Messiah to show up with the heavenly army, set them free by force, and set up a new kingdom in which they would rule as God intended. But that's not how Jesus came, is it? I said, that's not how he came, is it? Jesus came. And guess what? He brought the kingdom with him. When Jesus showed up, the kingdom was represented in Jesus. So he brought the kingdom with him, but not in the way they expected him to. And his teaching contradicted their interpretation or their expectation of the Messiah, which caused a bit of a problem uh, in their hearts. Jesus goes on to interpret. I don't want to repeat and and become redundant. So, I will go ahead and uh, read the interpretation. If you go to verse 36, we'll read 36 to 43. We'll hear Jesus uh, interpretation and then we'll get further into the message. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, "Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field." Now remember, I said last week that when he taught his disciples, he didn't teach in parables. He taught them plainly, he taught them directly, but when he taught in public, he taught in parables. There was a mixed crowd present. Not everybody there was genuine in following Jesus. Some intentionally Some some followed him and had humble hearts to receive what God said. Others were there for ulterior motives, which is why he spoke in parables. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. All right? So, The field is the world, throughout the world, all right? The one who sowed the seed is the son of man. Remember the parable said the kingdom is like a man who sows good seed in his field. And so here we are representing the good seed of the kingdom. Those of us who believe in Jesus, those of us who have received his salvation and are endeavoring to follow him in faithful obedience. Are you hearing me? All right? But the field is the world. It didn't say it's the church. It said the field is the world. In the world is both good seed and bad seed. Good seed and weed. <laughs> Don't. Weeds. <laughs> <Good seed. laughs> it's everywhere nowadays, man. Sorry. The, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom the weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is who the devil the harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels Let them hear. This is a very interesting one, and and we're not going to spend a heck of a long time on, on this one today. The good seed is sown by the Son of Man. So the kingdom of heaven is sowing good seed in the earth and that's a characteristic of the kingdom of heaven as the kingdom of heaven is advanced a characteristic of it is that people are are getting saved people are entering into the kingdom of God right because the people of God are following the great commission of God and we're preaching the gospel of the kingdom amen we're preaching the good news Guess who we're preaching it to? Weed. The weeds. The temptation a lot of times would be for us to do away with the weeds. We want to pluck those things up and we want to get rid of them because they could hinder the the maturation of the wheat. But what does the parable say? It's no, 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 don't pull them up. God's going to deal with that at the appointed time. If you try, if you focus your attention off of the kingdom, if you focus your attention off of what God has called you to do, then you, in an effort to pull up the weeds, may also uproot wheat. And so we have to be wise about about how we go about walking with God, right? That means, this tells me there are... Definitely people who don't go to church, people who don't believe in Jesus, people who are in the world considered seeds of the devil. Guess what? Jesus loves them. And he died for them. Guess what he wants us to do? Love them. Reach out to them. Let them know the love of the Lord. And share the gospel. With them because though they be weeds, they can be transformed into wheat. I was once a weed, but by the grace of God, I became wheat. If there was not someone who was faithful and obedient to God to share the, the, the love of God, to share the gospel of God with me, even though I was a heathen. If I didn't hear that, I, my heart could not have been persuaded, and I could not have become weed. Right? And so they're on the other side. They're weeds. That, uh, that, I don't know if there's any good thing that uh, that a weed could produce. Maybe science ha- science has some some good things or whatever. But weeds in your garden, weeds with your crop, are a bad thing. Right? But I believe God is speaking to us about something. It's like where our focus ought to be. All right? There are, there's that temptation that we always want the road smooth for us. We want the road plowed. We don't want evil influences. We just want nothing but the godly stuff. And yet, God puts us in this world in the same field with weeds. I think he's saying something. He saved me, and my goodness, what I believe when I, I'm 50 now, what I believe when I was 20, I look back on that young man and said, boy, you, you didn't know a thing. But I thought, oh, man, when I give my, now that I'm coming to Jesus, I heard this great gospel, and 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 man, everything's just going to be good. These struggles that I've been having, I'm not going to have those struggles anymore. These temptations that I've struggled with, they're just going to go away when Jesus is in my heart. The issues that I have to deal with in my family and in in, in my society and everything, everything is just going to work out. And it's just going to be like a fairy tale. It didn't take long for reality to smack that out of my mind and, and smack some sense into my head. But because I expected that, because I thought that, it caused some, some, some consternation, some, some issues with me when the reality didn't match my expectation. And I vacillated through a number of, problem, number of issues. One, what, this salvation thing, when I gave my life to the Lord, did it really take? Because if it did, why am I still struggling with certain temptations? Why am I still struggling with certain attitudes? Why am I still struggling in these areas? I I thought this was going to go away. I thought I was going to, it was going to be an immediate change. Spiritually, there was a change. But my mind needed to be renewed. I had soul issues, soul ties. I had things that that were still residual issues from the time that I spent living in the world that needed to be worked through and needed to be cleansed and needed to be sanctified. That stuff just didn't happen right away, right? And I was still dealing with some of the natural consequences that came with the way I used to live. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I give my life to the Lord, everything, even the natural consequences go away. No, no. It did not happen. I still had to face those consequences. I still needed a sanctifying work of the Lord to really work some things out of me. I still was immature in a lot of ways, and I still walked evilly in some ways, just to be blunt about it. I still walked evilly in some ways. And God had to deal with me, had to chastise me, had to lovingly show me how to walk with him in truth. How to walk holy before him and righteous before him. And sometimes I resisted it, to be honest with you. It may not be your experience. Not everything, it wasn't everything, not everything that was in my past, not not all of it I didn't like. There's some things I engaged in that were fun, that were pleasurable. And so, tried to play both sides of the fence. I guess I was trying to be both a weed and wheat. But God let me know there is one or the other. You're either in the kingdom or you're not. You're either walking with the Lord or you're not, right? You're either a believer or an unbeliever. There is no playing both sides of the fence. So you've got to decide, are you going to go with God, or are you going to go your own way? And I had to choose to go with God. And it wasn't easy in a lot of ways. But by God's grace, I was able to do it. What am I saying going back to this I was in that same field but one of God's wheat reached my heart a lot of God's wheat tried to minister to me they didn't try to pluck me up it just tried to transform me and you know how the scripture says that one water's One plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. One of my classmates who was on fire for God, the summer after my junior year in high school, he was already a young minister. And my goodness, he was irritatingly and annoyingly on me. He was determined to get me saved, boy. And every time he preached, guess who he was inviting? And he got me there one Wednesday night and I don't even know how it happened. Altar call came up and I was just there. And uh, that was my appointed time. And I felt God just uh, wooing me up to the altar and and I gave my heart to the Lord the summer uh, before my senior year. And that began a journey with the Lord that had some ebbs and flows, some peaks and valleys, some hardships. <laughs> I, uh, I, I did not walk in perfection with the Lord. I will say that. And, uh, and, and, and I struggled in those areas where I didn't until I bowed the knee and uh, repented and decided to give those areas of my life to the Lord. But I became a wheat because other people didn't Look at me as a weed that needed to be plucked up. They looked at me as someone that, that God loved, that Jesus died for, and that could become wheat as well. Amen? And I think that I want to challenge us to have that perspective when we consider, uh, when we consider the world. I know we live in a society where dividing lines are stark. And it's you're you're either in 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 my group, or you're the enemy. You're either for me, or you're against me. There's no compromise in any of those things. But but for as Christians, our perspective has to transcend the world's divisions. Right. Because we represent a kingdom that is not of this world, and we represent a family that's God's family in heaven, right? And so we're looking at that field, and we're seeing both the wheat and the weeds, the wheat and the tares, and and, and God is and God is telling us through Jesus here that you know that that that, that the weed here is the weeds are here. He doesn't want them prematurely judged and discarded. He's being patient. There's a day that's not known by any man. The day of the Lord will come. And when it comes, he's going to divide the wheat from the tares. The tares will be bundled up and thrown into the fire, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That tells me it's not going to be just an immediate uh, death and and, and no more. That tells me that's going to be a continual judgment, a continual separation from God, a continual suffering. And those who were wheat will be with the Lord. God, will sort it out. We don't have to. But God, man, we've got social issues, racial issues, we've got political strife, we've got all this stuff. Do we really, how much longer must we suffer this? And it seems to be getting worse. Am I the only one who's gone through that, who've asked those questions, who's felt like that? Or am I speaking to the choir? That is the temptation. That's the thing that our hearts are are, are tempted to gravitate towards and, and that's what God would, it, would, would encourage us to avoid. Why? Because what does 2 Peter 3, 9 say? God is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness his perspective is not he he's not slack in the way that you count slackness so we feel like it's this thing has been going on too long and it needs to change we get impatient but a thousand years is like a day with the lord god why don't you deal with these people You see how they're poisoning our society? You see how I have to worry about my children uh, being on social media apps and what they see on TV because you got these weeds out here poisoning this society. I want those things plucked up and removed because I want my kids not to be influenced by that. But you know what? God put us in the same field with the weeds. It's not God's plan for us not to be in that same environment. Because what should be happening is we should be influencing the society. The kingdom influence in us. The light in us. The life in us should be permeating. And a guy like me who was once a weed if 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 people like us, if people who thought like me had their way, they would never cross paths with the weed like me, and I would stay a weed. And what does 2 Peter 3, 9 say? God is not slack concerning, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. And so there is a reason he's being so patient. There's a reason for it because he loves all of us and He's going to wait and wait and wait and be patient and be patient and be patient to give us every opportunity, those who have not given their lives to him, every opportunity for them to do so. And so knowing that that's our heavenly father's heart, then that ought to change ours. So that our desire lines up with his. So that our perspective lines up with the desire of his heart. So that we can be used as vessels of honor fit to be used by him. So that we can minister to the ones who have not become wheat yet. But God hasn't given up on them. You know what this made me think? And Sorry y'all, it's in here, it's got to come out. It made me think about the thieves on the cross flanking Jesus. How many of you know both of them were weeds? At one point, they were all dying on that cross. They were mocking Jesus. Won't you save yourself and save us too? I heard you're supposed to be a big deal. I you're supposed to have all this power. You're supposed to be the son of God. Well, all right, show us. But somewhere along the way, one of them had a change of heart. And he began to repent. And he finally chastised the other one and said, When you come into your kingdom, would you please remember me? And thank God Jesus isn't me. Otherwise, it'd be, oh, whoa, <laughs> really? Weren't you just mocking me an hour ago? Weed. thinking about dying now huh what I'm supposed to just bring you into the kingdom now in the final hour do you have a change of heart no Jesus didn't struggle with that at all did he the moment that he's in the final hour this man's been a sinner his whole life he's in the final hour you know two hours earlier he was one of the two mocking Jesus while suffering the same fate and when he finally got to that point to where you know what it's amazing what will, what will reach our, our hearts. What might reach my heart may not reach yours. What may reach your heart may not touch mine. But God knows how to reach our hearts. And for that man in the final hours of his life he had an epiphany and he humbled himself and he said when you come into your kingdom would you remember me? And Jesus didn't think twice. At that moment He was ready to transform that young man from a weed to wheat. And he says, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's the heart of our God. Right? That's the heart of our God. So, while they were thinking that the Messiah was there to uproot and overturn the Roman government, which they were oppressed under, and to raise them up, and to establish his rule in him as intended, that wasn't what he came to do. And, you know, I think that's where many missed the mark concerning uh, what's called the kingdom now theology they believe that god is trying to establish the kingdom by overthrowing or purifying the secular government we are under but jesus never taught that the kingdom of heaven is here it arrived with jesus it has continued to be here in us because the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in us right Those of us who are believers, we see it at work, and we recognize it. Unbelievers don't and won't. While Jesus established the kingdom of heaven, when he conquered the cross and ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of God the Father, the kingdom is here. We have the Holy Spirit working in us. People can enter the kingdom as they confess Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of their lives. Evidence of the kingdom abounds in the earth, but the kingdom is not fully here. There's evidence of the kingdom all around us, but it's not fully here. And it will not be fully here until the appointed time when Jesus returns and the new Jerusalem comes down. Until God fully manifests the kingdom, we're going to have to deal with weeds living around and among us. We're just going to have to accept that, but not only accept it, but embrace it. Because there's purpose in the weeds being in the same field with the weeds. He wants us to have kingdom influence that the weed might be transformed into wheat. You know, First John 3, first two verses say this. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. That's how it is. We're saved. We're children of God. We have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of that salvation that's here. Now, we're saved, but the final I don't know, the the final revelation of that salvation has not yet come, right? There is going to come a time when we'll see Jesus as he is. There will come a time when we'll be just like he is, all right? We are saved. The full manifestation of that salvation will happen in the future. Right now, we're saved by grace through faith. There is a work being done in us, right? Right? There's a sanctifying work being done in us. But we know because of the Holy Spirit that's been given. We know because Christ overcame the cross, rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father. We know that the promises of God are sure and they are amen. Are you hearing me? And it does, you know, and we don't. it does not yet appear what we shall be like, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. We shall be transformed. Same thing about the kingdom, all right? In, in many ways, the kingdom is manifest and is at operation in this world, but the kingdom will not be fully established, fully manifest until the appointed time. Are you hearing me on that? And so God will say, don't worry about plucking. Don't worry about pulling up weeds and so forth. Don't worry. Just be wheat. Be fruitful. And let God do what it is God's responsibility to do. Maybe some churches do it differently. Maybe they believe differently than us in some areas. And we can spend time backbiting and talking about how wrong they are but what does that accomplish the bible says that by this the world shall know that you are my disciples if you have love toward one another is that showing love for fellow believers if they believe in christ that christ is the only begotten son of god that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again for our justification, that he is seated on the right hand of God, and he is the Lord and Savior of all, then they're my brother and sister in the Lord. We may have some disagreements in some areas, but they're my brother and sister in the Lord. I will not tear them down. Otherwise, it undermines or hinders our witness of the Lord. Right? Right? I'll pray for them. I'll lift them up. If there is an issue, I will talk with them personally and see if we can't reason together. If we can't work it out and and we have to go our separate ways, then I'm not going to go somewhere else and and, and tear that person's reputation down. Not a fellow brother or sister. I'm not going to do it for another church or another pastor or whatever. I'm not doing it. if he doesn't want me to do that to the weeds, he certainly doesn't want me to do it to fellow wheat. Right? I'm going to, uh, you know, (sighs) I I know, uh, people, uh, it's become common for people to believe that, uh, to doubt the existence of a hell and the reasoning behind it is the struggle to believe that a loving God would create a place like that and 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 put people in it but uh, regardless of how we feel about that or how we try to rationalize it hell is a real place it exists And it was designed for the devil and his angels. But the devil is trying to pull as many of us into his eternal judgment as he can. And a lot of the weeds that are in the world are deceived. And they are blinded by the devil. And the only way they got a chance to see... That they've been deceived. And to see the liar that the devil is, is if the children of light let their light shine. In such a way that they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So we've got a role to play in the in the in the salvation. of those who are children of darkness right now. It's not just an us versus them. It's a it's really it's a us all of us whom Christ died for. Some of us realize it and we've received his glorious gift of salvation and others have yet to. Let's do everything that we can as children of God. To bring those who are still living in darkness into the light of the Lord. Amen? And his wonderful salvation. One thing we should never forget, and we should never forget. And I'll finish in this passage, Ephesians 2, starting at the first verse. One thing we should never forget. We were all dead in our trespasses and sins at one time. Any reason you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That was us at one time, y'all. Every one of us. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Sometimes you have to remember where you came from, right? In order to have compassion on those who have not yet made it from where you came, right? But we were all children of wrath at one point. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. And it's not just talking about uh, fornication, adultery, stuff like that. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. You know what? Today, it's the mantra, the popular mantra is, you know, do whatever you want. Forget what people think about it. Forget how it affects people or whatever. Do what you want. What makes you happy? Nobody else is looking out for you. You look out for you, you know? And sometimes, man, that can cause us to run crossways with the way God wants to lead us, right? Because we're focused on what we want. Now, if God's will crosses that, we got a problem if we're used to doing it my way, right? So we're going to have to humble ourselves and not get carried away with the desires of the body and of our mind. Otherwise, if it's not the way we want it, if God wants to work out something and it's not according to our expectations, we'll shrink away from it and wait for God's will to line up (laughs) with, with what we want. And then God's not glorified in that, is he? lives are not transformed when the church's attitude is that way, right? So so we're going to have to die to self. We're going to have to decrease so that Christ can increase in us, right? We're going to have to get to the point to where we emulate our savior in the garden of Gethsemane when he's praying, if there's another way, Lord, I know I know you're capable. I know you're able to do it if there's another way to save mankind. Let's do that, but not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I really would like a plan B here, an alternate way, but if none, if it's not your will to do it a different way, then let your will be done. Your grace is sufficient for me. Let your will be done. Where my will diverges from yours let yours be done not mine that's where god wants us to be as that's how the wheat in the field should be thinking to do otherwise my goodness there should be a distinction between us and the weeds Not not, not to look at ourselves in any arrogant or prideful way, but that should be a distinction. That should be one of the things that should influence about us, character traits, one of the things that should draw people. Why do you, nobody else does this. Why do you do it that way? And then there's an opportunity to witness. But God, everybody say, but God. And this is the beauty of his salvation. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, when we were weeds, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. Praise God. So, you know, so, so that great love by which He loved us, that great love, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that great love still exists for the weeds that are still in their trespasses and sins, and He can make them alive together with Christ, by that same salvation, by grace through faith. Amen. And you know, and you know who should be telling them that? The wheat, right? the wheat. And so I would implore you, people of God, let's be wheat. Let's, let us, let us not be interested in plucking up the weeds because that just does away with them and discards them. All right. Let's, let's be used of God to minister the gospel of the kingdom so that the weed can be transformed into wheat and enter into the family of God, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because no man can enter into the kingdom of heaven, lest they be born again of the Spirit. So they're gonna have to come to Christ. And those of us who know Him, who walk with Him, we—those of us who know, who we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good—we know the salvation of the Lord. And it is incumbent upon us to share that gospel, that others may join, enter in, the salvation of the Lord, and themselves taste and see that the lord is good amen let's not uh, I'm going to ask you to stand let's not be concerned let's not be fearful and and worried about where the world is going you know we uh, if you haven't done so already I would encourage you to read the end of the book God's got things under control and he will sort out the weeds and the wheat at that appointed time but in the meantime every weed is a potential wheat and we just need to uh, not look at them as something to be plucked Um, you know when the master told his servants not to pluck them up or let them grow it's up until the time that they realized that there was some weed among the weeds, there were weeds among the wheat, they, everything looked similar, you couldn't tell, until the wheat began to bud, and then you could distinguish the wheat from the weeds, right? Uh, what's hidden will come to light. We, we, we don't have to worry, we don't have to walk in fear about that, we just walk with the Lord Let's hear God. Let's walk with God in obedience and and, and be faithful to him and just trust that God's going going to do what needs to be done. And we can just focus. If we leave what's God's business up to God, then we can be his faithful servants. We won't be worried about trying to pluck it up. You know, that means when they went back to the field and worked it, the same nourishment that the wheat got, the weeds got too. When the soil was cultivated and everything properly and they they treated it and everything, the weed got the same what the wheat got until harvest time. Everything got harvested, everything got divided. God's going to do that at some point. So, Let's be obedient like the master in that parable, like the servants were to the master. It's like, all right, we're not going to pluck stuff up. We're not going to focus on that, Lord. We're not going to try to uh, get rid of people and whatever. We're not going to look at it that way. We're going to have a kingdom mindset about this. Your kingdom is here. We're not going to try to rush it and try to make it appear and manifest in our timetable. It's here. It arrived with Jesus. It continues to be here by the Spirit of God in us. Your kingdom is advancing in us and through us. And we're going to obey you in whatever setting we're in. We're going to do whatever it is that you tell us to do. We're going to look at the lost like Jesus saw the thief, the repentant thief on the cross someone to be saved, someone that you love, someone that you are ready ready to embrace the moment that their heart turns toward you. And so, Lord, give us the grace. Uh, Pray with me. Father God, I just pray that you would give us the grace and give us the ability, Father, to love the lost as you love the lost, to see the lost the weeds as you see them father we know that there's a hell that the hell is real father god just like heaven is real and we know father god that those who die without a relationship with jesus christ they will end up in a very real hell and so and so father god those of us who already know the salvation of the lord that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, that we have been saved from that outcome. Father God, move our hearts upon those who have yet to know your salvation, who have not yet been saved from that outcome, but who are still walking in darkness. Father, give us your heart towards them. Give us the ability to see them as you see them. Father God, give us the wisdom to speak to their hearts to relate to them to be moved with empathy and compassion toward them not to be quick to judge or condemn them father God but our hearts would be for them to be saved and that we're asking what must we do what would you have us do? To minister to them, Father, in a way that would awaken their hearts to the salvation of the Lord and they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the lover of their souls. Father, we pray that you would do that work in us. And, Father, we're not asking you to put us in a different field from the weeds. We're, 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 we're not asking you for a plan B and asking you to do something different that will make us feel better, that will make us more comfortable. Father, we're just going to embrace being uncomfortable, Father God, in, uh, if it be your will. Father, we embrace being in the same field with the weeds. Show us, Father how to have the influence necessary that we can partner with you and help weeds be transformed into wheat? for we know that will please your heart and and let that be our heart's desire to please your heart (laughs) and so father we just we ask that in Jesus name for it's our desire that you be glorified and magnified in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.